Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. It's episode 99, my dudes. We are about to reach a flipping landmark, man. It's going to be Ciento next week. It's going to be 100. Keep it 100. You know what I'm saying? It is going to be a drunk cast. And there are some major surprises up the sleeves of We Love You Arsenal production. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. However, for the time being, let's put a pin in that and save it for later. Like we're at a, I don't know, a restaurant, an American one, and they gave us way too much food. So we got a doggy bag and we got one of those, you know, styrofoam tray thingies with a lid with like the different compartments in it. So you could put a side in one, the main dish in I'm joined by the two sort of usual <laughs> suspects. Alfie Colshaw's not in the cut. The bumptious Brighton boy is is out. He's dead um, before the drunk cut. No, he's uh he's getting some some time away. He's got to rest and prepare for that massive episode <laughs> ahead of this. Yeah, yeah he's, um, he's chilling in Mallorca, right? Something like that. Yeah, oh, I'm so jealous, dude. That's ridiculous. Unbelievable. It must be nice, right? It must be nice to just go yeah, to man. a different country and it's like a 20 minute drive. I'm actually joined by the two. <laughs> I'm joined by the the two dudes that run that one show, the Extra Cannon Podcast. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm going to start off. You've already heard his voice quite a bit. So I'm just going to start off with the American, um, Mac Johnson, senior writer. It's also definitely worth noting, by the way. It's his birthday. So welcome Woo! to the show. Birthday boy, Mac Johnson. How you doing today? America first, baby. Um, I'm doing real well. Uh, <laughs> don't take me seriously. Um, no, nah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm 21, which, you know, doesn't change the fact that I'm still the second oldest member of the site, which I think is kind of crazy. Shout out youth. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, nah, generally having a good time. Uh, it's been a good day so far for all of those who do know. 21 is the legal drinking age in America, which is why I'm Yeah, yeah, I was about re- to say. I'm excited. If, yeah, now it'll be good. I, I I knew that, but it, it, it's usually in the UK when someone turns 21 it's it's a it's a classic year to sort of have a big party and celebrate. It's like sort of one of those landmark ages. Oh, yeah. is, it, is it the same across the pond? Um it like yeah, it I know is. you make a big deal of sweet 16, but yeah. uh, not sure how big things are there. Yeah, I mean it's like sweet 16 is driving, 18 is voting. And like official adulthood. And then 21 is you can drink. And there's this entire bit about having your first drink ever in the biggest air quotes. It's my favorite. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm super Must be excited your first to do drink that. Fact, Yeah, of right? course. Never had a drink before in my life. Um, that's why I'm excited for doing Drunk Cast next week so that, you know, I can... <laughs> we had to wait. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. That's why we've recorded week, so little. Aha. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm waffling. Uh, great to be here, Danny. Thanks for having me on. Um, and I, I bet you guys can't guess who the other guest is. There's ju- there's just no way. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's most certainly not the man, the myth, the legend with the versatile name, Rob Bob Bert Bertha, the man that I so like to kill. Oh. <laughs> well, let's just call him Ramsdale. This episode, and we'll oh, get into oh, it. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> no, no, that's how too dare far, you. too far, too far. All right, Daniel's let's, editing. Let's Aaron. D- Daniel's let, editing. <laughs> that's that's not going to go well because he doesn't know how. Let's call <laughs> that's him penance. <laughs> let's call him Martin. Okay, how about that? 
All right, okay. we'll stick with that. Okay. I, how are you, Martin? How's it going? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, as we'll get into, I didn't manage to catch the game on Friday because I was on holiday. I was in the land of Luka Modric mm. and Mateo Kovacic and all that lot. I went to Croatia uh, and had a really relaxing few days. Um, I was sent into a state of panic on the first night of the holiday when I uh, scrolled through Twitter and saw that Aaron Ramsdale had pretty much... Uh, all but joined Arsenal, and then it fell apart. And then uh, today, it looks like it's back on. So, uh, it's a whole range of emotions for me, really. Yeah, it kind of feels like going through a divorce, and then it didn't go through, and then we do get a divorce like a couple weeks later. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. we thought we dodged the bullet. Apart from it, and it's, we it's, just didn't. Yeah, apart from it, it's sort of the opposite. It's sort of like a, a marriage that maybe you shouldn't oh, have. True. So you, you postpone it and you're like, oh, no, actually, we should get married, even though we're like completely incompatible for each other. Kind of like, you know, those videos you see go viral where it's like the dude proposing to a girl like in a stadium on the huge screen. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that should not be legal. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is the amount of pressure. That, oh, my God. <laughs> That's you kind of what no, can you? First. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What a weird, what a weird comparison. That's such accurate. an odd analogy. I'm kind of. <laughs> um. Uh, but any, anyway, let's talk about the. God, I'm, I have this incense going, and the smoke is going right in my face. God, get out of here. Um, Mac, you were like the only one of us that watched the game because I can't ever watch anything because I'm a typical working class American loser, and. Basically, the extent to which I was able to watch it was we basically have like the stock room in the shop that I was working in. And like mm -hmm. I would take a lap around, you know, this empty store because, by the way, it's pissing down rain. Florida tends to do that in the summer. And so there's like no one in the shop. So I'm walking around. I can't be on my phone, though, because there's cameras and stuff and the bosses watch you. But mm -hmm. there's not a camera in the back room. So I take a lap around the store that takes me two minutes. Then I go into the back room the cameraless back room for two minutes and watch the game. Then I come back out, walk around for two minutes, <laughs> go in the back. That's how I watched the game. And I did it for <laughs> the whole time. So I didn't really get to see anything apart from guess what? Brentford's goals. So it was, um, I yeah. Mean, the, yeah. There wasn't much depressing. else to see though, was there? Like there just wasn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, my experience of watching the game was, so we went to a bar and the game was on. Uh, it was quite. An, it was called Charlie's Bar, so as you can take from that, is you know there was quite a few English people at the bar, so the game was on, and um, I watched the first two minutes, uh, but I was with my best mate who's not really interested in football at all, uh, so he was like, "Robert, I'm on holiday. You're not making me watch football for ninety minutes." And good job <laughs> I didn't, because that would have been a very poor advert for getting into football. Um, and then sure. we went to stand outside the bar for a bit. And I heard a, a massive cheer and I was like, oh, you know, there are loads of Arsenal fans everywhere. Surely it's all the Arsenal fans in the bar. No, it was the fans of all the other clubs in the world who love to see Arsenal losing against Brentford. And uh, yeah, then I just tried to forget that Arsenal were playing from there out, there on out that evening. Yeah, yeah. Mac, uh, you weren't so lucky. You had no. to watch it. So how, how was that experience, that surely traumatic one? Well, um, it just, it, it was, it might, it was one of the more, I think, uninspired might be the best way to, <laughs> to sum it up. I think um, that would be an understatement. 
Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know what has happened in this offseason, but we looked like mechanical. It was mm. just the same like passages of play, the same attempts at a setup. Brentford pressed incredibly high, and the team just like just forgot what to do against that. Like it's as if that, you know, playing against uh, Hibs and Rangers and Watford doesn't exactly prepare you for a team that's going to try and steamroll you for the first twenty minutes. But um, yeah, it's it's just we we were panicking constantly, awful passes didn't connect anything um and yeah you you've probably seen some of the stats you know we had the most shots of any team in the fir- in the opening weekend uh at 22 and very Oof. few of very few of them connected it was going to be one of those classic games where Brentford were like oh yeah you know one shot on target one goal and then they had two shots on target two goals plus a bunch Leno actually made a couple of very decent saves um I mean, I may as well take through the performances. Leno was hit or miss, didn't do enough for the goals, but also just, you know, had a couple of decent saves. Uh, Chambers was woeful, like he did in preseason, got caught way too high up the field at a number of occasions, but just looked slow, looked rusty. His passing wasn't great either. Uh, ben White almost, looked... Um, almost yeah. like we need a right back. Almost, almost like, like we need, need a right back. back. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea, yeah. Daniel. Um Ben Eddie White might need to the best that. actual yeah the best actual defender on the day, but also was pretty shambolic. Um, had, was Ben he, White shite? Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. He has this habit of diving into tackles, but where he doesn't need to. So there were a couple of times. There's one clip that's been going around where Mbwemu like gives him a shoulder and does a little body feint to the inside of the box, Ben White completely bites on it and he just steps into an open path on goal. Leno saved mm. the shot. But yeah, um, he looked shaky. Pablo Mari looked absolutely awful. Tierney had an amazing game as he does, but the only way we created chances was just give it to the left back and watch him cross it. Um, yeah, I mean, Lakanga and Jaka were tidy, but nothing special as per usual. Mm. Smithrow was excellent. Pepe didn't create anything. Uh, Martinelli looked lost and, if I'm honest, a bit tired. He clearly does not fit in to this tactical setup and really, really had bad interplay with Tierney. Wasn't like with K- with KT, you kind of have to pick one, either make the run down the line and get found, come short and let him go in behind you, or get in the box for a cross. And Martinelli just floated in the half space and clogged things up. And then mm. Balogun got shoved around between the three center halves just the entire game. I mean, it's his first Premier yeah. League outing. He's got 19 still. Like, you can't expect him to be a world beater, and he wasn't. Um, had one decent shooting opportunity that he scuffed into the ground. But, yeah, it was it was resolutely awful. Um, Saka cha- and then, of course, Saka changes the game completely. Came on, looked brilliant, actually gave Brentford one or two thinking moments on defense, but didn't really pull through. Um, yeah, something needs to change against you know, this weekend against Chelsea and fast because it was just like, it wasn't even fun to watch. I did not enjoy watching Arsenal. Normally, even last yeah. season, there would be some like fun moments and we might get opportunities if, even if we didn't score, it was genuinely boring. Um, Yeah. Just not, not the way you want to start a season. Well, and Mac, uh, I know you've been, you know, talking here for a bit, but I feel like I should just ask you because well, you know, yeah, you're of course. the one. He watched the game. Yeah. You're the one that watched the game. I mean, is this, uh, from what I saw, you know, 
the two minutes here, two minutes there of the match, Martinelli really left me pretty uninspired. Um, and do you, do, is this feeling I have, is this kind of unfounded where I'm starting to get worried that maybe he genuinely, sort of like a Matteo Guendouzi, might not fit into this totally rigid system and he might just be, you know, better off in, in an Unai Emery one where there's just that chaos and he can, you know, kind of show his crazy explosive pace and just sheer tenacity? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a concern for almost every player in the team, right? Genuinely, like, this is a team, if you were to look at it on paper, that is almost built to play, like, hard, you know, hard-paced counter-attacking style. Um, and... It, like th- there are a lot of players that just do not gel with the tactics Mikel has in place. And I'm not sure if it's the chaos, but Martinelli thrives in space. He thrives with the ability to kind of run with the ball or chase down the ball, but it can be very difficult for him because Mikel's system, just the way it's going on right now requires requires technical perfection from everyone, like genuinely everyone. And Martinelli, despite all of his great things, is not a technically perfect player in possession. He's a decent mm-hmm. dribbler and a decent passer, but he's not going to complete everything in a game. He thrives kind of on the edges, running on shoulders. So much of his game is amazing because of, of what he can do off the ball. And the left wing role, especially against Brentford, and especially with the amount of link up that was required with KT, just didn't look natural for him. Um, I think he could play the center forward role in this system pretty well because he has no qualms dropping deeper and his defensive work rate's very good. But um, yeah, I, I just think it could be a struggle to really get the best out of him playing him at left wing in the system currently devised. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's definitely worth noting Mikel Arteta maybe didn't have the most choices Coming into no, that's the match. true. Uh, he did lose both, both of his of stars our, to illness, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and we were talking about it. We didn't like this, um, this predicted lineup that we re- that we decided on in the Extra Cannon podcast, Mac, but we both thought that it would have been Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette down, down the middle. And I think that probably would have been the case, to be honest with you, because like you said, Martinelli, you know, he just got back from the Olympics. Um, Balogun... I'll tell you what, man, from what I saw from Balogun, I think he's definitely going to need a lot more time to cook because that boy was getting the shit knocked out of him. And it's understandable. Like you said, he's like 19. The Premier League is insane, incredibly physical, and it's just it's a different animal. So Balogun would have been a really good lesson for him yeah. because it's how almost, how almost every centre-back pairing slash trio in the league look at a young, perhaps feeble striker. They're just going to... Bully the shit out of it. And, and I mean, to leave him one on three the entire game as well, like, it would have frankly been a perfect game for Lacazette to start up front, just with kind of mm. his physicality and his love of playing with his back to goal. <clears throat> Obviously, yeah, there's still the issue of we actually need someone in the box, but like, you don't look at Falar and Balogun and go, oh, yeah, that's something that's really intimidating. I'm going to fear that. And he didn't do anything. Yeah, he, and he didn't do anything in the game to change their mind because he didn't have the opportunity to. And it will be the same against Chelsea at the weekend when uh, yeah. he lines up against Thiago Silva, Antonio Rudiger, and probably Trevor uh, Chabalar again. 
um, you know, it's it's going to be a really, really tough one. And I don't know if Balogun will start, but he'll have a similar, similarly really difficult task on his hands. Yeah. And it, I think it's a bit of a shame that this is how he is making his entrance into the starting 11. It, it would have been nice to, to, to have seen him eased in a little bit. But, you know, sometimes the best way to teach these players is to throw them to the Lions and he could yeah. learn from it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it's not the last we see of him because I, I do think he has some really attractive attributes. No, I mean, it absolutely yeah. would. Um, and I think he actually could be really well suited to that centre-forward role in the Arteta system. He's got... He's good with his back to goal. He's actually fairly de- good with his head. He's better than most op- options up front. And I know that's not saying a lot, but you know he did score quite a few goals with his head at youth level. Uh, yeah, he's got a bit of strength about him, uh, but he's just really got to develop that and have enough confidence in himself to use it against better quality opposition, better quality than the 18-year-olds he played every season last season, uh, every game last season, I mean. Yeah, and uh, frankly, I'm I'm done talking about Brentford. Um, yeah, it was me a while too. ago, and eh, who cares? We lost, and it was depressing. And Rob, just like on the surface level, since you know you and I are fake fans and didn't watch, um, you're busy <laughs> vibing with Luka Modric, and you know this friend of yours that doesn't watch football. Rob, make make better <laughs> friends, man. What? No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, just on the face of things. It's a newly promoted side, and we can't even – yeah, I know we took 20,000 shots or whatever it was, but we can't even score a goal against a newly promoted side, man. I mean, how mm-hmm. how concerning is this, you know, is this fact that we just can't – we can't seem to get the ball into the back of the net? And just when we watch this team, I kind of, by the way, got this same vibe from Manchester City against Tottenham. And it just seemed mm. like City was trying to take it down the touchline, cross it into no one. You know, it was just like that was yeah, and, and that's intricately what I, move the ball through the lines, and then no end product at the end of it. As they say, cross and cross and like inshallah or what, however it goes, yeah. you know, whatever they say. Yeah, but it's like that's that's our tactic, and if it doesn't work well, sorry, we don't score, and then we pretty much lose because our defense isn't really all that great either. So how concerned are you going into the season? It looks like we're going to get Martin Odegaard, which we're going to touch on that here in a minute. But just grand scheme, how mm. worrying yeah, is this, course, man? Of, of course it's, it's concerning. Um, you know, Brentford set up very well by all accounts, but when you look at the calibre of player in that back five that they set up with it, that were the best, let, let, let's face it. Um and I, I, I appreciate that if a team does sit deep, it's always difficult to break them down, but we, we, we should be able to break down a team like Brentford and score a couple of goals. Um, the signing of Martin Erdegaard on a, on a per- permanent deal eases my stress a little bit. Um, having a player of that technical quality doubtlessly will help us break down these these teams, but we need more, and I've, I've written a piece about this today, actually, we need a bit more te- uh, flexibility and variety going forward in, in what we do. As as Mac touched on, we've we've got a group of players who would be very well suited to sort of counter attack, hard hitting football. So, I think some if 
if we don't have the players available to us to play in this functional structured manner um we have to accommodate to the players that we've got and sort of change the system a little bit i know miko arteta is stubborn but i think if he doesn't do that he'll probably lose his job Mm -hmm. um and then at the same time um if even if we do have those technicians available to us and it's not working there has to be a plan b c d etc it can't just be the same throughout because you know when when one, when a team figures out how you are going to attack they'll they'll find out how to stop you regardless of how good you are uh so yeah we we do need to figure out how we can add that uh, flexibility to our, our attack and play um and it, if we don't as i said it's going to be a, a long old slog and i i fear that we won't score many goals um which will make this season terribly un, unenjoyable yeah and I'm, I'm really worried that we're definitely well on our way to horribly unenjoyable. I mean, mm. Mac, these problems probably could have been, if not fixed, helped in the transfer window. And apparently, they're just not going to be. Um, I like the signing of Odegaard. I think he's I think he's a damn good player. And I think that the the value we're getting him for is more than fair if anything who knows maybe even slightly un because madrid probably I think, yeah i think it's a bit of a bargain yeah i think madrid probably I think we would have been more. willing to go higher yeah yeah uh I, you know odegaard can play in multiple areas we saw it yeah. and i think he's you know he actually looks pretty decent in the premier league so I'm, I'm pretty excited for that but regardless i think it's definitely fair to say you know like rob was touching on there you know we could use different options you know maybe bringing in like a tammy abraham for example who's now off to roma maybe that could have helped us a lot and and you know scoring more goals obviously is just a striker so that makes sense you know that's such a lazy thing for me to say but it's true you know um i think odegaard coming in will help us in the build-up but i'm not sure it's going to really score us that much yeah it's not going to score us that much many more goals you know no i agree but i mean also you look at the tail end of mm -hmm. last season and how many goals we did score. Um, and something mm. I've kind of, or I suppose one of my favorite little nuances that it comes, especially in England, is almost this thought of distraction. Um, and the fact that teams who focus on a much more well-rounded approach to both defending and scoring goal, goals, rather than kind of relying on moments of individualism, tend to, tend to succeed more. Not saying it'll work with the system, because... I think Pep Guardiola's City is the ultimate system team and both Chelsea and Spurs have recently showcased that a system is very beatable. But like Arsenal with Odegaard, think post-Boxing Day, right? Second or third best team in the league, I should say, to City and United in terms of points accrued, in terms of goals scored. We were electric to watch. Um, And Mm. despite a couple of disappointing performances due to, you know, red cards and whatever, that was January, February past. We don't have to go back into it. But just to be able to see once again um, Odegaard back in the red and white and back taking some of that creative and, you know, like the brunt of the ball, taking that off of Pepe and Saka and Smith Rowe and, you know, sharing the love, spreading the wealth, I think will be really useful. It'll be nice to have a player who we know works in the system, who we know works hard and who not say who Arteta likes, but, well, yeah, who Arteta likes, but, you know, who the, who the team enjoys well. 
Um, he re- he really won over a lot yeah. of the backroom staff and the co- you know the coaches, and he's well loved at Arsenal. I also think thirty million with four million in add-ons is like it, it's a steal. Frankly, it is a really good deal. Mm. Um, I did look up his market value, and I think in dollars it's about forty-four million dollars, which equates to around. 32 million pounds um so to pay Hmm. 34 million pounds for you know a 32 million pound player is good because those type of players typically go for somewhere in the realm of 40 to 50 um and especially from a club like real madrid you know they're selling him partially to relieve their financial issues but you look at the deal that we've reportedly signed him on i think he's meant to come to the club today or tomorrow it is a five-year deal, which automatically bodes well. You know, we'll have him for a while. But it also, the wages aren't incredibly steep. Like, it's just a smart move. And I think as much as people have been saying, oh, James Madison, oh, who's are Like, they are both, to an extent, unproven quantities at this club. And I think Odegaard will be incredibly helpful, especially in just diversifying the way we approach attacking. But in order to score, we do need strikers. Um, mm. I know there have been a lot of links to the Fiorentina kid, Dusan Vlavic, and he's an incredible player. I, don't get me wrong. He's very good at scoring goals, but he needs another year to mature. Um, this is one of like my strongest takes. I've seen him play a couple of times, and he is very good, but very raw, especially for a striker trying mm. to play in an Arteta system. It won't work. It's, it simply will not. Um. But yeah, no. So I'm I'm excited about Odegaard. I'm hit or miss on Aaron Ramsdale, but it's happening, and maybe it'll light a fire under Lena's ass, and he'll start playing well again. You know, I think he's a competent keeper, and if he can teach Lena to kick kick the ball long accurately, that's fine by me. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's slightly yeah. it, it it's it's a it's what I would call a solid transfer window. You know, we've brought in a very good ball playing center back who will prove mm. his worth. And we brought in a creator um, plus some very smart buys. It's not a bad window, but it's not what we need. That's kind of the bottom line for me. I'd be, I, I'd say it's a disappointing window if we don't go on to add anyone else. That's after true. Yeah. Um, Ramsdale and uh, Erdegaard, you know, we got, we've, we've actually given ourselves a really good platform now to have two weeks to, move on some players hopefully and then you know I, I really want a right back i really think we need a right back um just for the way that it'll, it it could transform the way we can build up from the back with a bit more confidence back there if he's a sort of a technically savvy player that, that we managed to get i know there's not many out there but uh someone of the ilk of max aarons could really change our fortune so um I know there's been no links to him really, but he's a name that's regularly talked about, and I don't really understand why we wouldn't be looking at him, considering we're after that English quota. Yeah, um, I mean there have been links yeah, to it's... absolutely nobody though, which is the really frightening part. Yeah, like, there's just there's no interest shown. Every single like Arsenal transfer update that I've seen, whether it's Twitter or an article, there's just nothing going on in terms of right backs. Um, I think yeah. you know, I think it's because we've got four right backs on our books, which is true. Can't have any more than that. Yeah. I mean, we did have eight center backs last season, so don't tell yeah. don't tell me what I can and can't have, Rob. But you're also absolutely <laughs> well, right. We need to do something. Well, I, th- I think what's perhaps even more concerning with that right back area is that it doesn't look like any of them are moving. You know, even mm. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who it looked like 
it, it's it's looked now like he's gonna switch to like four different clubs, but he's still here. You know, he's still at yeah. the club. And Bellerin, you know, it looked like he was maybe, maybe off to enter. Well, it doesn't look like it anymore. We were talking about this in the PPC pre-pod call. Shout out that acronym. I patented that. Nobody else nope, is allowed to use that. Um, they signed, you know, Dumfries. So they're not after Bellerin anymore. And let's be honest, Dumfries is a hell of a lot better signing than Bellerin. Um, and it's just, yeah, man, it, that, that position is really worrying to me, Mac. And I get what you're saying in terms of, you know, we've, it's been solid in the way that we have definitely improved our depth. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think in preseason in particular, we looked at, I, I, I looked at those teams and I was like, fuck, you know, like past the, uh, past the starting 11, even some of the members of the starting level were horrible. But like mm-hmm. the, when you looked at the bench, it was like, Bleh! you know, like it was just <laughs> so bad. And now we finally, you know, we started to add, some more quality to that. Yeah, so that's, I that's think, nice to see. I think you've got to remember that a lack of depth basically cost us uh, a Europa League final place last year because we had to play Shaka at left back. Yeah. So, you know, people can keep True. saying like, oh, you're not improving your team, you're not improving your squad, but we are improving the squad because when Thomas Partey or Granit Xhaka are, in, are injured now, we've got Sambi Lakonga, who looks really mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, it'll only get better and better when Tierney's injured. We've got Tavares, who is, you know, he, he might not be a world beater, but he offers a lot of what Tierney does in an attacking sense. Um, so yeah, that that just automatically leaves us in a stronger position. Um, but yeah, the squad looks bloated, and there are a few parallels mm. to the beginning of last season that aren't very comfortable to be witnessing. Uh, but I, I I agree. I put out a tweet and I said that I think that the business that we have done uh, is decent. Nothing more, nothing less. Uh, but yeah. I still, uh, I'll stick with what I said. We we need one or two more after these uh, two apparently impending deals are officially completed. Yeah, and I mean, what what is it? What I, I want to know what Rob thinks we need. Yeah, me too. As I said, right back, right back. Uh, if we can move mm-hmm. move one on. Uh, one or two, hopefully. Um, and if either Laka or Abamian go, which I don't think Abamian will, but Lacazette potentially, uh, we need a striker. I don't know who we'll go for now that Tammy's off the market, and Lautaro probably won't be able to uh, be able to leave Inter. Uh, but I think right back should be that number one priority uh, because mm. it could just really change the way I play. I mean. Personally, I think even if we get Ramsdale, I'd like another goalkeeper. I'd, I'd still like to get an honour. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. That's unrealistic. Yeah. My, my main, just uh, to, I'm going to provide the segue in itself. Let, let's talk about Ramsdale for a bit. My main calm yeah. with him is the fact that I think what Arsenal need is a goalkeeper who is uber cool with the ball at his feet. I mean, it's to the extent that I don't really care that much about his shot-stopping abilities because my my biggest issue with Leno is his um, is his tendency to panic when teams press him. And even when teams aren't pressing him, his passing isn't that great. Um, but for all these high-quality possession-based teams, they need that goalkeeper who can ignite attacks from the start. And I'm not sure Ramsdale is that guy. Um, so I'd 
naturally therefore a goalkeeper would be way up the list of priorities for me maybe the club don't see it that way but I think that a top quality goalkeeper with the ball at his feet and a right back should have been right up there with importance alongside um, attacking midfield this this summer and it's yeah disappointing that things haven't turned out that way but there is still time I guess I also think and this is just from a personal perspective but like this team needs to learn how to sign players that want to come to the team. Um, mm. And of course, mm. there was the classic story about Hakim Ziyech before he went to Chelsea uh, and just all of the interest in him from Arsenal and there might be a signing. And he was he was like tweeting out literally from his own personal account, like, I would like to come to Arsenal. Please yeah. make this happen. And he'd done interviews um, and things where he said exactly. Arsenal was like his favorite team. And ugh, yeah, calling out for it. I mean, it's it's him. Uh, Tammy Abraham rejected West Ham to come to Arsenal. We didn't make a bid. Uh, per the Athletic, James Madison has been the one running this entire thing to get him to Arsenal. He wants to play for us more than he wants to play for Leicester. Like, he was the one who reached out to the club. His agents agreed the terms before we'd even submitted a bid for him or made any type of inquiry. Like, he is running this entire scheme to get to Arsenal. And it's not going to happen, of course, especially not now they've signed Odegaard. And then Onana rejected Lyon to come to Arsenal, and we are not even considering him. It's just, it's painful to me, man. Um, but yeah, I do think I agree with you on the right back front. Um, yeah. Speaking of Ajax, I talked about this in the uh, post pod call. I can't use Danny's acronym, so I won't. But, um, <laughs> but uh, Nuasser Masrawi, who plays for Ajax, uh, he's 21 mm. now. He's incredibly technically gifted. He's quick, he can defend and attack. Um, just he, he's a great pr- uh, prospect, but he's out of contract in a year and isn't looking like signing a new deal. So I mean, even if we even if we do want to stick with our current roulette of idiots, um, we can have him for free by January on a pre-contract. It's not a bad deal. But mm. there, and there's so many players of his kind of caliber um, who are available on freeze next summer. Obviously, there's like yeah, I mean, uh, Fatih and Mbappe, but yeah. it's just. We have not planned well for the future, I think, and it's slightly annoying to me. Uh, Matt, can I just can I just slightly caveat though what you were saying about you know players that want to join us with the fact that I think it's probably you know worth noting we were definitely not Odegaard's no. first choice. He no, he wanted to, to go to no. Madrid. He, yeah. yeah. He did. He did. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't really, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I would love us to sign those players that are like, yeah, I've been an Arsenal fan <laughs> since I was a kid. I want to go and, you know, and, and they want to come to us and we should make it happen if it's, you know, if it's that easy, especially with like Onana, for example, who's like, you know, six cents in a bag of sand to get in. And it's like, I, I get where you're coming from, but are we really, that attractive proposition anymore. I mean, I know uh, we, I know we are to some, you know, Madison, let's Madison wants to come to Arsenal because Arsenal's a bigger club than Leicester and it'll boost his commercial value and he'll get better wages. That's what it is. And he'll be a superstar here. You know, Onana, probably the same thing. And he knows he'll star. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, uh, one thing I do have the, at the back of my mind is, um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. Charles Watts confirmed at the start of the summer that Onana is a player that Arsenal really like. Um, so he clearly isn't off our radar. No. Um, and I'm just, and you mentioned 
Masrawi, yeah, that's how you said. Yeah. Um, who's going to be available for free next summer? You know, maybe we are looking at those sorts of things. Like, uh, you know, we can stick out one more season with the likes of Bellerin and Leno, uh, and then they'll be moved on next summer. Hopefully, with a healed uh, economic situation in the world of football, uh, or at least partially healed. But I just think that's too big of a gamble, you know? What if we finish eighth again? Oh, yeah. I I mean, you you can't Mm. gamble on that. It's also players You know, Mikel Arteta can't afford to gamble on that because he will lose his job. Exactly. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. I mean, it's also players. There's Mazraoui. There's who's the other that Arsenal have been linked to a bunch. Oh, Dennis Sakuraya, of course. Um, Mm. He is also out of contract next January. And and our will only have one year left next year. You know, you know, it's yeah. And I, 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 if if we do somehow finish, you know, top five, top four, who cares? I think top five it would be a good season for us. Uh, and then we're back in the Europa League, which mm-hmm. I guess is moving in the right direction. Uh, and therefore we become a bit more attractive, you know. Then you might look at it and be like, oh yeah, great, great that we waited and got these players at, for free or for a cut price. But then at the same time, you're sitting there like, we can't guarantee that at all. Because we we don't have ev- mm. any evidence to suggest that Mikel Arteta can deliver Arsenal that sort of season, <laughs> or that this crop of players yeah. can deliver that sort of season as well. I I don't know if the club is being that kind of like future thinking. I think they might just be pretty fucking stupid, mm. you know. Because <laughs> I mean, wrong, Rob, I have but... to say. I mean, you know, I don't think it's this master scheme to, oh, have a transfer window where we bring in, I like to call him Mazarui. <laughs> I'm going to call him Maz. Maz. Um, where we bring in the Maz. The Maz. And, uh, and Onana, you know, for free. I don't think it's going to be this master plan. I think this this board is just incompetent. And to be, to be, to be honest with you, though, Rob, I think – Mikel Arteta not kind of being like, hey, man, I need a better team uh, right now or I'm going to lose my job. I think he's kind of the headliner of incompetence, if you like, because this guy surely knows that if we're, I don't know, 10th place or so, 10 games into the season, he's done. <laughs> I th- even, even with this pretty unambitious board, I think – if we were in a poor position, you know, a third of the way into the season or so. Hey, Daniel, if the president I of Rwanda keeps on tweeting about us, Michael Arteta won't be around Paul for Kagame, long. Paul Kagame, yeah. My guy. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I say that in a sort of joking manner, but also in a serious manner. If these if these mm. big sponsors start taking up issue with the Cronkies, we're done. Like, dude. Well, not we're done. Arteta's at what, done. Uh, at what other team? Yeah. At what other we're, team we'll do like, lead title sponsors start like complaining about the club it's insane to me um well Vizier Rwanda sponsored Arsenal as a top European club yeah. and we're not that and at all we're not that mm. <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think I think them I think Adidas I think everybody that's partnered with us they have every right to be yeah, frustrated I've got no idea why because... Adidas are persisting with making us such beautiful <laughs> kits I wouldn't blame them if they gave us Maybe like either. a like a mustard brown away kit. We deserve Bro, that. Of, Give us that. Speaking of <laughs> we utterly should... hideous uh-huh. kits that like that mustard brown would be. Have you seen the new Puma line that's just come out? Like all of oh, them. No. The t-shirts. No, I mean, 
Yeah, well, for this yeah, season. So it's, yeah. I, and I've got the clubs on, on my phone because I was looking at all of them. It's all of the clubs sponsored by Puma. So it's uh, AC Milan, um, Fernabache, PSV, Borussia Dortmund, Rennes, Shakhtar, Valencia, uh, Marseille. All have these weird, like the t-shirt design with the name of the club in like block letters across the chest. Oh yeah. Um, City have yeah, one of them well, as yeah, well. City don't as well. Oh. And it's like the Puma the Puma the Puma oh, logo, makes my skin like crawl. AC AC Milan or Manchester City or Marseille in between two like stripes and then the title sponsor. And that's the kit. It's so hideous. Um it they're awful. Well you know what Mac, you know what those, they remind me of? Do you tell. You know what they remind me of, Mac? Uh I, I don't know what Rob's version of this and all of our English listeners' version of this is, yeah. but here in America, we have these these sports stores that are not at all intended oh, like really for football ones? or soccer. They're kind of just like, yeah, they're like, no, no, no. The like oh, the sure, likes of the uh, ones, Dick yeah. Sporting Goods. Yeah, they're yeah. just for every sport, and then also like those kind of department stores like Ross and Marshalls that you'll every now and then you'll find a a football shirt in, but it's yeah. like a t-shirt that says Arsenal uh, on yeah. it and it's not Entire, an actual game. It just has that logo on it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because at the, at the yep. sports store that I work at, we actually sell like a few versions of that, I think for like the top yeah. six clubs, whether so the Arsenal one, for example, is just a red t-shirt with an Arsenal badge on it. You know, none of the and, Adidas. And that, shout out to Sports, shout to sports so, yeah. Director, That is right. exactly... Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, Mike Ashley. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what that Puma line reminds me of. You know, just like a nine ninety nine shirt you'd find at Marshalls, and instead it's actually like a hundred bucks probably yeah. on the on the official club website. I mean, it makes sense though. You know, given what everyone has gone through. I mean, in COVID, obviously the first thing you want to do is take advantage of and steal money from all. Oh of yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And just like I mean, Arsenal's clearly taking note as well, you know, by, you know, making stupid moves in the transfer market and stuff. I, can we just, if there's a player that is one of those, you know, underwhelming Puma shirts, it is Aaron Ramsdale. And we should yeah. talk about him a little bit more because I, Mac, Rob touched on him a little bit there and he tried to segue us into that. And Rob, I'm sorry. I wanted to get into we that got, as well. But then we I got, got yeah, no, we all did. We all did because we just, we just went into <laughs> everything. But I think we sort of did we talk did. about him because we talked yeah. about Anana. But Mac, I, ha- I, I have this conspiracy theory though, Mac. I feel maybe, maybe I, I think that the club is capable of more than they actually are. But I almost wonder, what if we're signing the number two goalkeeper for now, knowing full well that Leno, I, I, we talked about this recently, Leno wants yeah. out, I'm pretty sure. That, that's uh, No one's told me I that, mean, but I just reasonable. have that feeling. And, but it's and 25 Leno million for leaves. a number two goalkeeper. But I mean, I think the, I think the thought is that uh, he's not true. just a number two goalkeeper, he's the future number one. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, oh, that's so you think goal. he'll be a future I mean, number one? Okay, you know, if you're looking for a number two, yeah, it must like, be. Why would he join if yeah, that? If wasn't you're looking the for a number two, bring in a number two. Bring in a veteran, like I don't know, you know, not to be like Tom Heaton or 
someone someone old, someone English, yeah. someone who can actually, funnily enough, fulfill that homegrown quota, but who yeah. will cost you like a free transfer. And, and, yeah. and from Ramsdale's from Ramsdale's perspective, like regardless of what we all think of him, he is quite a well respected yeah, goalkeeper. Uh, James talked on the Arscast when we were first linked with him about several clubs being interested in him last season, including Spurs. Um, and, you know, the, probably to replace Lloris because he's on his last legs. Um, but yeah, it's genuinely like, why would he want to join us when and if he was just going to be a number two for the rest of right. his career? If, you know, loads of other clubs are saying, we want you to be our future number one, it wouldn't make any sense. And, you know, he must believe that he can be the future number one as well at, at any top club. Yeah, no, I mean, I completely agree. I think he's he's got, he, frankly, he's got the shot-stopping talent. Um, he, he, he is very, yeah, he is well, genuinely a very good goalkeeper. Um, I was looking at just, like, stats the other day, as one does on FBRF. And he was topping, or not like topping <laughs> or coming second or third, pretty much to like Ederson and Nick Pope. And then it was him in terms of yeah. like saves, of course, because Sheffield United faced a barrage last season. But in terms of, you know, his post shot XG minus goals against and a lot of the metrics that do really tell you when a goalie is decent at shot stopping, he was very good, um, especially in categories where Leno was less good. Mm. Of course, his distribution is the big talking point, I think, because he's just slightly disappointing in that regard. But, you know, um, I I genuinely, I don't mind Ramsdale's assigning. I just think he can't be one of the capstones. Like, even, okay, yes, we're outlaying $28 million for him. I think that's $28 mm. million that's going to pay off against the next five, six years. I would like us to spend $28 million to do something good now. And I'm not sure if we're planning on that. Um, spe- yeah, yeah. You also I get that same impression Ab- from uh, Ramsdale. Yeah, Abamyang earlier, and there is one thing I'd like to touch on. If you if you don't mind indulging me, mm. waffling more, but for in, sure in, in in the latest in of the course series of people want Arsenal to sign Philippe Coutinho when nobody wants to make the move. Um, the whole like Abamyang mm. to Barcelona to compensate for Coutinho. First of all, Barca have just signed Aguero and Memphis Depay. They do not need Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mm. They do not. They are not interested. Like Perf per, per, and mind you, they can't yeah. get Depay into the squad. That's the best part about it. Their wage bill and their $1.8 billion in debt exist to the point where they cannot register the players they're signing. Why are they going to try and make a move for Alba when they're not going to be able to get him in the team? He's 32. He's worse than Aguero. He is worse than Memphis Depay. He's a downgrade, arguably even on Coutinho in the squad, because they need somebody to create in the midfield, and they don't really have that at the moment other than Pedri, who's played 80 games in the past year. Like, the poor oh. kid. Is like, oh, dude, oh, I just imagine, fail for that guy yeah, so imagine much. Us, and he's like my age. 16 oh. playing, and I think he's 18 now. But like, even <laughs> us at 18 playing set literally 80 games of professional football in a year and then not even getting a break. He's taken a two day holiday and has played in Barcelona's first friendly and first league game. It's obscene. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's what everyone needs. 
That's the equivalent to Daniel's, like, like whatever it is, yeah, like nine dude, like, days people, off school is a summer holiday. Like, people on <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> COVID burnout. Dude, what are you going to do about this kid? He's going to be, like, in crutches permanently by the time he's 24. It's so ridiculous. Um, anyway, that's my Pedri rant. Sorry. But, like, just genuinely, I think, you know, Coutinho is a long-term to be target according to the fans and nobody else. Like, it's just... It's an asinine signing, um, and I don't think he can help us out, especially now that Odegaard's come in. We just don't need him. But, like, the fact that, you know, Fabrizio himself, the mm. god of truth, has um, has deigned to say that Barcelona have absolutely negative interest in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Arsenal have never been linked with, like, Coutinho, actually. It's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. It's Kia, isn't it? It's all Kia. We know him too well to know that it's him trying to fuel this sort of shit show. He misses being the orchestrator. I mean, because let's be real, yeah, he's envious of the current chaos. The dude's made absolutely not causing it, ruining our club. Let's let him do it more. Like, fucking. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I'm just looking it up now because I want to get confirmation. Eh, whatever, I can't find it. Isn't Coutinho on like something crazy? Well, yeah, because well? he, yeah. he was signed as, grand a, as a, you know, he was like, like a superstar. Yeah, the $140 million player from Liverpool. Like, because he was brilliant for Liverpool, but, oh, exactly. but there's no evidence what? to suggest that he can recapture mm. that form. Like, why do you think the only team he's gone to is Bayern, who can perennially why? support anybody's wages because they don't lose? Like, but they're, they're still like. Yeah, Bayer, he he wasn't actually that great mm. for Bayern. He had no. a, a purple patch at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, he also, he also the rest managed of the to have, and half of his wages were paid by Barca while then, he was there. Like, yeah. That's the best part about it. They didn't pay his full wage. Mm. And then he scored against Barcelona, bloody hell. In the 8-2. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, uh, you, uh, ate, you ate to see it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Byron even yeah, we, says we can't use eight two lines. We can't. No, we can't. <laughs> no. I yeah that 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 rumor has nothing to it. There's absolutely no way, no how that that's yeah. going to happen at all. Ramsdale and Odegaard, those yeah. are going to happen, and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, so. Uh, obviously, we don't want to do anything about Odegaard, but Ramsdale, yeah, some of us probably would. But you know, we're gonna get him. Let's support him. Let's not let's not keep yeah. up with this. I just read this on my Twitter. This is utterly ridiculous. Ramsdale is having to limit who comments yeah, on his Instagram post because Arsenal fans are abusing him dude, because our they fans don't want him. Suck. It's like, dude, look, it makes me so ashamed, awful, so badly. It makes me so ashamed. If any, if any support. You know, okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Real Madrid fans, Arsenal fans, Chelsea fans, those are those are supporters that deserve to be relegated. Is that possible <laughs> for supporters only to be relegated for their teams to stay up but the fans to be demoted <laughs> to like the 8th tier? Yeah. Because I get what you mean. Mike, I I say you know, Arsenal fans, we just see them in such close proximity because we're all following all the pages on twitter and stuff so just gross you know and oh did you see that thing that i think chelsea had like an open training session and one of their fans was like 
Timo Werner should leave when they um they were like handing the mic out around the 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 fans and he was like Timo Werner get out of my club um and I was like you definitely you definitely yes. have a football Twitter account yeah but I mean here's, here's my one thing like how hard is it regardless of how the club is performing to get behind the players and hope they succeed like what possesses people to genuinely wish the players especially considering Ramsdale hasn't yeah. played for us yeah like he hasn't he hasn't touched down at London Colney he's not a player at our club like what behooves you to say yeah let me just go and insult and like attack a random person online because I can't yeah. oh, anyway you, um, you can have yeah. an opinion on the signing but yeah there's a tweet from and that can be a negative opinion I, I, I have a negative opinion on it that doesn't mean that I'm gonna go and yeah, comment just shit on his assume, timeline. Yeah, yeah, and and also just look at him as a as a bad player because yeah, I don't think not. he is a bad player. He's just not the greatest signing, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a but t- like, there's you a know, tweet hopefully Timmons as well. Um, mm. Ramsdale oh, the king was of a negativity. Bo- yeah, exactly. Ramsdale was a boyhood gooner, and he's getting his dream move. Whether you're happy with the signing or not, don't post negative comments on his social media platforms. He doesn't identify our targets, nor does he choose his price tag. If he arrives, we need to get behind him. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if if, if Leno carries on performing how he currently is, he might Ramsdale might be between the sticks sooner rather than later. So, you yeah. know, we might we might have to get used to it. And you know, if he's an Arsenal player, why not get behind him until he shows us that we shouldn't be behind him? You know, I'd yeah. I'd understand if someone was like I don't know. Uh, I hope El Nenny doesn't play for us this season because we've seen over the course of the season that El Nenny isn't very good. But um, Ramsdale, on the other hand, we haven't seen anything yet. So what's the point in judging him? Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. And, you know, ooh, we're keeping that voice crack in, Danny. Um, though we, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a bad one. I was like, do you know when you... Uh... No, but what I was going to say is, you know, all we need really to complete this window um, is one more signing and preferably a right back. And, you know, in classic form, it's the last signing of an Arsenal transfer window. So uh, Chelsea reject incoming. Uh, I think we made a Davide Zappa Costa joke mm. <laughs> in the yeah. pre-pod call, but, you know, it might happen. Um, although, even if we don't sign anyone from Chelsea, God willing, we are going to play them this upcoming week. And I think we do need to talk about it because yes. I am. I've just got one question for you guys. Give it to me. Back three? I hope so. I hope so when nobody else does, but I have a case for this. <laughs> what about you, Danny? Uh, I didn't think of it, but I'm, I'm game, man. I, from what I saw, you know, obviously I can you know, kind of concoct an expert opinion on the six <laughs> minutes of the Brentford match that I watched. Uh, we now, but we did not look very good defensively. So I'm completely down with the, with the back three. And I heard him saying in the Arscast, a recent one that um, Ben White, you know, may be better suited to a back three. So I'm, you know, man, I'm cool with that. I, I don't personally have any grievances against yeah, that. I mean, yeah. here's, here's my take for a back three. Like, Arsenal, we 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 can't we don't defend first of all ever. I'm not sure if you've noticed this. We as a team don't actually defend. We just step back and step back and cover and cover and cover. 
like the amount of times you'll see an Arsenal player step into a challenge against anyone ever. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. Even in our mm. training things, it's all backing off, backing off, covering gaps. And it doesn't work because unless Lena saves it or they miss, it's a goal. But like, I feel like the only way to genuinely set up a backline to absorb pressure as part of a tactical plan is to do it in a back three. So it's a take I have that genuinely, if we aren't looking to play aggressive defense at all ever, we should play a back three permanently. Mm. Now I don't, I don't think we should because I don't think that's a way to succeed with this team. And especially not with the personnel we have. I I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like um, when we've got, you know, we saw White against Spurs in that um, in the friendly game. He was really good at oh, um, sort of playing in that high line and winning the ball back. Gabriel is also excellent at that. Um, you know, Thomas Partey is a brilliant uh, breaker upper of the ball in the centre of the park, and we have players who could be well suited to that system. So I would stick with the four-two-three-one in games that, at uh, face value, we should be in control of. Uh, but yeah. you know Chelsea's a different kettle of fish, and I would be—I agree with you. I'd be totally up for sitting back and soaking up the pressure, and hitting them on the break. Plus, why not? I'll that, have, I'll have we're project suited restart to that too. You know, yeah, we played damn well during project restart with a back three the entire time. Like, except for the games against who was it? I mean, we got demolished by City because we'd never lose by any scoreline other than three-one to them. But then. Uh, the, and then the Brighton game sucked because Neil Mope got under everyone's skin. But after that, like, we didn't lose, I don't think. Um, no, we lost to Villa second to last week. But other than that, we had genuinely a very, very good um, Project Restart campaign playing a back three the entire time. We won the FA Cup doing that. We won the Community Shield doing that. It's just, it's a system that's proven itself. And just because Mikel is stubborn doesn't mean that he can't actually revert his tactics to something that might make more sense. Tactical flexibility, my friend. Mm-hmm. That's what we need. Need to show it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any problem with that. How would you guys how would you set up that back three though? Uh, probably Ben White, Pablo Mari, and Tierney. Oh I mm. would personally I don't know how fit he is, but I'd personally go for um Ben White holding and Tierney. That's fair. I think holding is that is what holding. That's when holding turns into a very good defender. When we sit in and just play with our backs to the walls. Yeah. At that point, he's a very good defender. Plus, especially as the Um, center of a back three, your entire uh, job is to be large, and and he's he's very good at being large. True. Yes, (laughs) and having a big head. (laughs) Exactly. Big bald head. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Holding's big bald head in the middle. I I am done watching. Yeah, yeah I can a, agree. With I don't I don't bit, dislike the guy. Know? I actually think um, he's a decent squad option, and some of the takes have been a little reactionary considering it was the first game yeah. of the season. However, shouldn't be starting oh, against shoot. Chelsea. Also, gonna, something th- something yeah. boys boys were not looking a clear option. I've just remembered this. Sad Kolasinac has to start at left center. Oh, what are we thinking? I think the last time of he played course. in a back three for us was against He's Spurs. So... And, God, and he I gave the ball to Son game. in Project yes, Restart. That was hell. 
That was hell. Mac, I just remembered another game we lost in Project Restart. <laughs> oh, we did lose. To- yeah. <laughs> Damn it. That's so frustrating. Anyway, um, no. Nah. You know what? You don't want to get into lineup predictions now that we've just done the back three. Yeah. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, by the way, I d- is this predictions or what we would want? Because I don't think we're going to go with okay, the back fair. three in this game. Yeah. And that's what I would want. I, I think mean, we but could. I don't think know. we're going to go with it. Yeah, we could just do both. We could say what we would like and then what we think is going to happen. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Why don't we, uh, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'll take the initiative. I'll start. Um, what I think we're going to do is a back line of tyranny, Mari, White, and Chambers. No, I think sorry. he's not even going to change it. That's <laughs> well, laughable, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's utterly pathetic. And I think that's kind of Arteta saying, see, look, I could be just as stubborn as Arsene Wenger, you know? And I, yeah, I don't agree with that. I like this idea of this back three you guys are talking about, man. I didn't even think about it, but I like it. I like what I would like, on the other hand, is Ben White, Rob Holding in the middle, and then Kieran Tierney. Who are the wingbacks? And then, who are the wingbacks? Hmm, <laughs> yeah, this is where I get kind of kerfuffled. I guess, screw it, I guess you throw Saka at left wing back. Don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Um, and then Bellerin as Fair right enough. wing back. Would I'm going to say it, man. I'm going to say consider, Bellerin. Would you not consider Tavares? Um, nah, it's a big, no, it's a big Chelsea. Premier League debut. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, think I, I think it's a little. Yeah, it'd be a little too tricky in my. What about Maitland Niles? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. No, I, I think we need we need to try to sell. We need to try to sell him. And what's going to happen if we play Ainsley? He's going to play. He's going to get injured. You know, he doesn't have a crazy, crazy history of that or anything. But Neither we did will Thomas play Carter. him. <laughs> exactly. And he'll break his fucking leg, you know? So, no. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Who's next? Who wants to, who um, wants to go I, next? I suppose I'll take it for, for the back line. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, that back three, I'd like to see. I, I'm, I'm with you on the holding train, I think. Yeah, because... You know, holding and then uh, Ben White and Tierney. Uh, and then, of course, the wing backs are where it becomes slightly more pressing. I think if we go back four, you know, in the actual lineup I'm predicting, I think it may be Cedric starting. I just have this gut feeling. Um, Cedric. Cedric. Alfie will be happy to hear that. No, he won't. Uh, <laughs> but then. Oh, Cedric. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, exactly. Oh. Um, and then at left wing back, I was actually going to predict Maitland Niles. That was kind of my my shout. Um, but if we do go back three, I'm thinking Maitland Niles and Callum Chambers. Chambers at wing back. Well, this is this is Fuck this is my no. this is my no, stop it. <laughs> it's my stupidly bold take because I think here's what he'll do. He'll try to do like the odd inverted thing that he enjoys doing. Arteta, right? So he'll have mm. like, but do it with fewer players. So he'll basically have the back three with Xhaka dropping back to cover for Tierney, 
Tierney will scamper like all the way up the left with Maitland Niles dropping into the midfield alongside Lakanga and Chambers in that like weird inverted right role with just Ben White being faster behind him. And then we'll do mm. like the front three or four or whatever it might be of Yeah. It, it'll be it'll be dumb, is what it'll be. Probably like Balligan, Smith Rowe, and Pepe, and there's my prediction for the entire team. But yeah, yeah that's uh, that's what that's what we might play as a as a front four. I mean, uh, another another back three, which I would um, rather see over Murray, White, and Tierney would yeah. be would be Tierney, White, and Chambers with White in the middle and Chambers on the right. I think White. I wouldn't even think app- of that. That's I, I quite agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I think White has apt passing range to play in that central role. I uh, don't know if he has a physical presence, but you know, you've got to trust your fifty million pound man, don't you? Um, and yeah, I'd rather see that. I, I just don't want to see Maria again, especially if we try to play a high line because yeah, oh, it just makes my skin crawl seeing him trying to catch any striker, let alone Timo Werner or oh God Lukaku. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, doc, Dr. Jaheed, aka Mad About Mari, is like, what are you guys saying, man? What are we doing? Do you remember when we first signed Mari and he had like, you know, 20 good minutes and we were like, you see, man, he's he's really tall, he's real <laughs> slow, so he's like the next poor motorcycle, you know, like, <laughs> never underestimate how delusional an Arsenal fan can be. This Mari, I think he's he's a squad player. He's nothing more, nothing less. I don't think we could play this dude against Chelsea. I think that is absolutely insane, given you know their talent up front. So, yeah, I think we're all kind of in in agreement then for the most yeah. part um, in terms of uh, in that you know. But it's it's all a little bit different. That's fine. Mac, what was your midfield again? Would you? Well, say? I'm thinking Lakanga Xhaka again, but. Jaka, uh-huh. like I think anything else would be wrong. Yeah, well, of course, right. because yeah, uh, any other any other option involves Mo El Neni, and we can't be having that. Yeah. So yeah, I think Lukanga Jaka, um, but I think Jaka will like drop into that left center back role, and Tierney will just you know mm. do his whole gallivant thing, where he just goes and plays left wing for a while and is our best player. So are we sort of giving Lukanga the party role? Yeah. I where think so. he has to do everything Pretty much. against the champions of Europe. Against N'Golo Kante and or Mateo Kovacic and or Jorginho. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be perfect. <laughs> It'll work. So have oh, we just... Laughable. <laughs> so, so, so before the game even starts, are we just kind of anticipating... I don't know if this is the right way to say this, but our, our fuckedness, we're just fucked. Yeah, I'm, I'm really nervous, um, dude. Well, I think it's because of the personnel Arteta has available to him. Now, that's why yeah. I'm nervous. I think if you know we had Gabriel and Parter available, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable. I, um, I agree. We will have a, f- of course will have I would, a fully fit soccer, off- though, and Chelsea tremble before him. So yeah. I'm, I'm not mad about yeah, that. Yeah, true. Smith Rowe, too, yeah. who scored against Chelsea last season uh, and obviously had his brilliant uh, Premier League full debut against them. Um and then Martinelli too, who tends to have a good time against Chelsea. It'll um, be interesting to see if he starts up front. Actually, run like uh, mm. Smithrow, Martinelli, Saka, or something of that ilk. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Balogun drops to the bench. Yeah, nor would I. Um, you know, I'm not totally in favour of giving Martinelli that back to goal 
um sort of role because i i prefer him when he's running in behind um mm. but then again the system doesn't really accommodate that yeah. sort of player just as long as we uh, don't again. play smith row at false nine again i think i'll be okay oh, oh my god that is there uh, is there any chance that any chance pepe could play down the middle i i would like him to play down the middle but i was thinking about I'm that i'm not sure um, um i don't think arteta trusts him there at all yeah, yeah, I don't either. He just doesn't really have the technical quality. No, I don't think. I think really. if if you were to play him as like a line breaking, get in behind kind of forward, he could do very well. But it, Arteta doesn't play that way with any of his players because he doesn't like us running where the defenders can't defend us for some idiot reason. So, yeah, mm. I just think I don't think that'll ever happen. Much as I would like to see it and think it could be fun. Yeah, my I don't think he's gonna play there. Um, I think it'll probably be the Smith on the left. By the Smith. way, I agree with your, <laughs> I agree with your, um, with your midfield, Mac. I, I don't think we really have another option. I think it'll be mm. the Smith on the left. I think who's probably. I think it's gonna be Martinelli as striker. I do. I think we'll mm, play. Same. If, if, I don't. I don't think Arteta was really all that impressed by Balogun, and I don't think any of us were. Um, this is my predicted front three and the front three that I would go with, by the way, all tied into one. And then um, <laughs> Pepe on the right. I don't think, you know, well, actually, I don't know if it's all the same thing because, you know what, maybe Saka might play down the right if Arteta. Yeah, Saka would play down the right if we don't if we don't use that back five. I don't know. I'm confusing myself, man. Yeah. For I me, think if um, if we stay with the back four, uh, it'll be the same front four other than Balogun tro- dropping out for Saka. And then obviously Saka won't play up top. It will be Martinelli up top. Mm. Saka potentially on the right and then Pepe on the left. Uh, Smith Rowe in the hole. I mean, Martin Odegaard could well be available. I don't, um, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, if yeah. Really be I would ready like to, to give him a week, just a week to settle. Play him against City. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a bit of baptism of fire. That one. Well, well you yeah. know the inevitable three 0 defeat. Don't we have like Cardiff in the midweek or something in the Carabao? Oh, do we? Oh, brilliant. Uh, no, we have West Brom in the Carabao at the Hawthorns. That'll oh, be interesting. We'll inevitably have to pay like. Fifteen thousand pounds to be able to watch that game. Not if you're in America, baby. <laughs> yeah, that 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 no that monthly, uh, subscription to ESPN Plus really really gets me going. <laughs> Six oh, bucks. That's awful. Anywho. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually I'm watching a uh, a USL match on that tonight. I'm watching the Rowdies game Hell at six yeah. o'clock. Let's go USL. So Let's that's go pretty. USL. Uh, that's our our small grassroots thing here rob is awesome yeah um anyway anyway i don't i'm getting depressed talking about arsenal man i don't know if it's my second round of the covid <laughs> vaccine that's seeping into my brain yeah. and making, might be time you know, to I, stop that microchip yeah. <laughs> that microchip is really bothering me so it's biden you telling you it to stop wasting your time <laughs> either work or you know, because this this isn't work. Talking about well, it's a lot of work actually. Talking about Arsenal, but it's it's Biden telling you yeah, to stop. These days, you're wasting your time. And there's no time time for time wasting in America. 
No, never. Of course not. There, uh, <laughs> there's, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this video, but there's this really popular Joe Biden video that I always like to to watch to make me feel better. You know, I, I like to I, I like to have a goofy guy in charge. That's why it was so cool with having Obama Yang as the captain. You know, because I like to have kind of a a guy that goes with the vibes. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. You know, like leading the charge, and that's what Joe Biden is. And there's this video of Biden. It's just like. It's just a compilation of him eating ice cream. What? And the fir- yeah, he just says, "My name's Joe Biden, and I love ice cream." And it's just like he just talks about his his insatiable longing for the dessert and how much he loves ice cream. And that's that's who I think. You know what? I'm gonna say it. Arteta out. Joe Biden in. Let's hire Joe Biden to coach this team, man. We need a strong, goofy leader that loves it. Look at Arteta. That guy doesn't eat ice cream. You know? I mean, it's basically he the doesn't. same job. You can say one simple sentence and it can upset millions and millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Biden in. I'm not talking about, we don't talk about politics here. I'm talking about for a coaching role. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, guys, I'm off the rails, man. I'm getting shall tired. We, sh- sh- I, I shall really we sell think some things? Let's draw it to a close and sell yeah. some things. I think so. Just put these people out of their misery. Yeah, let's... misery. <laughs> I, I swear I say that at the end of every show. I hope our listeners aren't actually miserable. I mean, if there are still, if there are still <laughs> well, fans, it's a hard bet. I was going <laughs> to say, Rob, I think... But I'd yeah, like to think sorry, we brighten up their days. Via Ars- the bumptious Brighton yeah. boy. Arsenal, not Brighton. Wrong team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should all just collectively move yeah. to Brighton. Yeah. You know, as a fan base, like the Brighton uh, admin beep, wakes beep. up and they just all of a sudden have like 50 million followers and they're like, oh, and then their social media guy gets a become, huge raise. Become the Moke Cannon podcast. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Potter what, am I, Hell what yeah. am I talking about? I'm, <laughs> oh my god! The the Bazuma boom. The Bazuma boom. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm my eyes are like closing. I'm like genuinely getting right, tired, well, let's, man. Let's like, end it off. This is not this is not well. Marketing marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Rob, you you start. Well, I've already plugged that about. 4,000 times in this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's my article for this week on the brilliant we love you arsenal.co.uk and it's uh, titled Could Title Could Title Could Tactical Flexibility Save Mikel Arteta? Um, and yeah, I think it can. So do check it out. And by the time you finish reading it, you will be in the same headspace as me. Yeah. Fair enough. Mac, what's your uh, marketing opportunity slash spotlight? It's a, it's the same thing. It just has a different yes. brand name, yes. you know, kind of like, <laughs> um, although it's like Cheetos and off brand Cheetos. It's, it's the same shit, you know? Exactly. Um, I'm in classic spotlight form. Uh, I'm going to market two things. First of all, I'm going to market, um, Alan Riley's piece, uh, which is actually quite mm. good. Um, I was, <laughs> you sound surprised. I, 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 no, not at all. Um, 
I was meant to upload. <laughs> I, I was meant to upload an article yesterday, and then he popped in like, "Hey, um, you know, Rob and Alfie, I've got a piece to upload. Here we go." Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, yeah, I, I, I edited that one. It's good yeah, fun. Yeah, I'll have my little transfer roundup out at some point this week, and you will get bored of me talking about transfers because I've done it in the past like three articles. It's been, it's fine. We move. Um, the other spotlight is about water bottles and the fact that I will soon be embarking <laughs> upon a personal journey to create a water bottle that has a neck that's very good to chug water out of, um, but preferably one that has like a bigger capacity than the blender bottle, which Danny loves, of course, and I can't get on him for it. But somehow I need to invent like a Nalgene that has a really nice neck size that you can stick ice into, but also chug out of. I, I, I need to do it for my own sanity. So that's that's the goal. We need it to be called the just like the Mac, something like super oh, arrogant, the like the Mac Johnson water bottle. <laughs> God, please no. Uh, I think Steve Jobs today, would Danny? come from the grave and do you for copyright if you called it the Mac. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh no my doubt. gosh, I know what I know what my marketing opportunity of a lifetime is. I'm proud of you. It's this. It's this freaking yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's this. Uh, freaking incense i've been burning i know why my eyes are feeling so weird i've just spent i've just spent an hour having getting smoke in my eyes so now i'm like oh i'm so tired no my eyes are just dried out horribly that's all it is good so i'm actually fine we could go for another three hours if you guys want (laughs) now um my real my real marketing opportunity it is. They want us to be like a, a feature length film. Yeah. You know? They just want 24 7 podcasting. <laughs> We're doing that. That's a project. We're just, doing just that. Just record, a... recording 24 hours of your life. A podathon. Just... Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. What I really have to plug is the upcoming drunk cast, which is going to have all three of us and. The bumptious Brighton boy. Oh, why do you have to kill it? The lovely London local lad. Just put or the <laughs> the uh, what's a word for arrogant that starts with M? Hmm. N or M? Hmm. M, as in Mallorca. Oh, where he is. Um. Okay. I like. I hear those keys stuff. I don't no know. No shame. Um, I was about to do it. Yeah. Um, we have the word contemptuous, which sort of has an M sound in it. I know, I know, it doesn't start with M, but we have the mm, no, um, no, a fancy pants. Not even, not even an M. Dude, this show's gone to shit. <laughs> it's amazing. Why is this? You know what? Why is we need, the three so of us together is... can't get work done ever? Yeah, <laughs> it's such right. a bad combo. We, well, Alfie would be uh, like, "Would you say interject? It doesn't technically have to be yeah. aware that stuff." <laughs> modest, <laughs> modest non. Yeah. M- modesty and, lacking. Modesty anti- lacking. Anti-modest, anti-modest, like but the, mo- the anti is silent, but it still exists. <laughs> 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 oh, no. the, body, the, 
the anti-modesty lacking, but the anti-silent Mallorca man, <laughs> Alfie Colshell. Well, also, I'm trying to say like one sentence, but we went off on a crazy <laughs> tangent. It's going to be all four of us. And basically that five minute little bit you heard is basically what the entire podcast oh, is God. So we, we will hopefully maybe talk about Chelsea and hopefully maybe talk about West Brom and hopefully maybe talk about City. But mostly we yeah. mostly it'll just <laughs> can't be make better. any promises. Yeah. I I just I really hope, guys, that we're drinking to party. Yep. And we're not drinking to forget. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, I have been praying all week uh, for Rob's drawers. Just, <laughs> just uh, uh, for for safety's sake. You know you should be praying for. The people that stock the beer section oh, Lord. in the United States be- and, and wherever Jai Lai or High Lai is sold because, guys, that shit's going to be flying off the shelves after the episode because you know that's what I'm going to be drinking. I always drink the same thing, and I'm sure that Rob and Alfie and Mac are going to use that against me over describing my beer, and I'm not going to be able to resist myself, so I'm going to be taking gonna be swig. Sat there. Swig it. Yep. That's one done. Swing it oh, up. There's two. <laughs> I'm the most predictable one, so I Yeah. I who knows, maybe I'll throw up in my drawer. I don't know. This is go- this has gone on long enough. Yeah, come on, truly. let's end it. Come on. Okay, let's end it. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. Leave a like, review wherever you can. Share us with all your cool uncles out there. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>